in this series. We bless your name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, since IU has already welcomed everyone, I won't go there, but I just want to have a few disclaimers. So this relationship series is called The Naked Truth. Relationships, The Naked Truth. And, uh, and that's exactly what we're going to be uh, exploring and talking about. I want to thank Luke. Shout out to Luke for producing this uh, beautiful uh, background. So we, we are going to laugh together in this series. You're going to cry together. We're going to uh, pray together in repentance. Um, I really believe we're going to go on a journey where we're excited to hear what God has to say about this. And, um, and, and, and I just want to have a few disclaimers in this series. Uh, the first thing that I want to mention is I am in no way an expert on relationships. I just want to have a shout out to those that have dedicated their life to studying this particular area. Because human beings are complex people. Humans are very complex. Uh, so even in the medical field, there is, there is uh, doctors that focus on just certain body parts. Um, and so the, the psychology of relationships is complex. So there's people like, I want to shout out Dr. Mascarem. Uh, she's someone that has dedicated her life in this area and helping many people to win in relationships. So I'm not here to, to be an expert uh, in this particular field. Another thing that I want to really get clear uh, at the beginning, at the, at, the, at the beginning of this series, is that I'm not here to give you an opinion. Uh, now, you are not youth, so you, I need you to, to talk to me in this, in this series. Amen? Uh, when you talk, I, 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 I get it that you are getting it, and that's, that encourages me to continue to go. So I need you to really talk to me. Preaching is never about a preacher's opinion. Thank you. That was good right there. Especially in the modern world that we're living in, where a platform is laid out for opinion to be supreme in our society. There are things in social media that give the platform from anyone and anybody to have an opinion on areas they have no clue about, and all of a sudden we have experts in every field giving their feedback and giving the opinion about things. Nothing is, 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 is uh, exclusive anymore. Everything is relative, open for interpretation. So people have a go at commenting about everything. But when it comes to preaching, the job of the preacher is never about what I think. It's rather through effective study of God's word to, to study it and determine what did God say in his word? What is the truth of God's word? So in a world where relativism is dominion, is, uh, is uh, supreme, sorry, we need to go back to absolutes. Amen? I remember I was invited to this uh, lady's house and, um, and, and her children were, were teenagers and, and I was invited and, and I was asked to, to share with them about about God and stuff, and I was speaking to one of them. She's in her mid twenties, and uh, she was very strong. Uh, she had very strong opinions, uh, I guess, about religion and about faith. And and she said to me, "Well, you keep your religion uh, to yourself. This is at their house. You keep your religion to you, but 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 that's that's your opinion. That's if you believe that, that's true for you. I have friends from different." faiths and different background, if that's true for them, then that's for them. So she didn't really give me any room to even explain uh, the reason why I believe in Christ, the reason why I believe in God. So at that very moment in a house, sitting with a mom and her siblings, I said to her, can I just ask you, can I just tell you this one thing? Uh, there was a chair there and it was black. And I said, this chair is black. Would we agree on this point or not? And she said, yes, I can agree with you on that. I said, but how about if I really, really believe that it's blue? Like, I mean, I'm willing to die for that belief that it's blue. Would that change the fact that it's black? And she said, no. And I said to her, in the same way, it doesn't matter how much we believe something, that's not the point. The point is there is a truth in this world that we're living in. There's a reality that governs our world. If everything was relative, then nothing stands. You're not sure about your existence. You're not sure about the, the things that you're sure about in your mind. 
Nothing can be sure, but there are absolutes in life. And one thing we can be sure about is that this word is not a word of man, but a word of God. Amen? So we're not governed and led by popular belief or opinion. My, my job in this series is to discover and uncover the truth of what God says in this particular area. So we'll explore everything to do with relationships. We'll talk about singleness. How many single people in this room? No, shout, shout. How many single people? <laughs> oh, man, are you going to cop it later on for that? We're going to talk about dating. How many people are dating? <laughs> I didn't hear any woos. Some of you are probably dating, but, but not saying the woo. How many are dating? You know, if he didn't say woo, I was about to say it for him. But, uh, but we'll talk about dating. We're going to talk about marriage. How many are, are married in this house? Yeah. Abel, make some noise, man. He just laughed and just reluctantly put his hand up. Anyway, we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about family relationships. How many know that 100% of people in this room are in a family? We all have a family. But how many brokenness in families? We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about friendships. We're going to talk about the importance of friendships and those that we surround ourselves with. So I encourage you, do not miss a day in this series. I know that it's recorded and you can watch it online, but there's nothing like being in the atmosphere, being in the moment, and when God speaks, you can can respond. I mean, we're going to have a time where God is going to speak to us. My prayer is that we win at the relationships in our lives that we have healthy marriages, that we have healthy friendships, and that we have healthy families. Amen? As a matter of fact, let's begin here. I want you to say this. Say, God wants me. Some of you are not speaking. I want you to, I'll start again. Say, God wants me to win in relationships. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 to 11 in the Amplified. Jesus is teaching in the Sermon of the Mount about prayer. And he said this, what man is there among you? Zoe, can you come? Zoe, come, mama, come. I'm going to use her in this illustration. What man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will instead give him a stone? Come on, mama. Going to help daddy preach, okay? Give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will instead give him a snake. Can you imagine that? Dad, I'm hungry. I want some fish and chips. And then, bam, there's a snake in that, in, that, in that plate. I mean, you can see the humor in that. If you then, evil, sinful by nature as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more... Will your Father who is in heaven, perfect as he, he, as he is, give what is good and advantageous to those who keep on asking? Now, I've got here my beautiful little daughter named Zoe. And, and, and this hits home for me because I have a child. And, and, and what good parent? Now, let's, for the purpose of this illustration, let's say... The best parent in the world. Now, I'm by no means close to that. I'm not saying here I'm the best parent. But let's say the best parent in the world that anyone can have. I mean, they are the best parents that you can have on every level. If a child comes to them and asks them for good things, what parent wishes negative things for their child? Can Can you just think about that for a moment? Every parent wants their child to thrive, to succeed. That's why your Ethiopian uh, and Eritrean mom and dad, they say, be doctor. It's not because they, they, they just, you know, they're miserable and then, no, they want you to succeed. They want you to win. I mean, they have an opinion about the boy that you bring home and about the girl that you bring home. Not because they, they just want you to have a miserable life, I mean, I was telling Biftu this week, the, 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 I feel sorry for the guy that she brings home. Because he's going to be interrogated like crazy. I mean, the man that, that, that wins her heart, 
He's not going to be just any ordinary man. He's going to be a man worthy of my princess. Does that make sense? So, so this is the, the reasoning behind that. If me as a father want the best for my child, so they will be do, I'll be doing things that she might not necessarily agree with. I'll be saying no to some things. She might, like, for example, she'll say, Dad, I want McDonald's. And I'll say, no, you cannot have McDonald's today. And she'll grow, go to a room and have a tantrum and cry and say, I'm the meanest dad in the world. But one day she'll get it. She'll say, Daddy, thank you that you didn't give me Maccas every time I asked you. There's some things that she does not understand now that in the future she'll get. So as a father, my heart for her is to win. I want her to succeed. I wanted to win in a life, in a marriage relationship. I wanted to win in a career. I wanted to win in, in, in knowing God. So I'll teach her everything that I can, and I'll set her up to win. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Thank you so much, Zoe. Okay, you can go back. Thank you. Let's give her a clap. So this is, this is the point that Jesus is making. If you, by nature, sinful people know how to good good gifts to your children, that your intention towards your children is good, how much more your heavenly father? And young adults, I want this point to sink in your hearts. I want you to know that your heavenly father is not there to harm you. He's not there to be a party pooper and limit you and restrict you and, and, and bind you. No, he wants you to win. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to have the best life. He wants you to be filled with joy. If an earthly father, that's the best father. I'm not the best father and still I want good for my daughter. But if the best father in the world does everything right, he wants the best for their child. No good father or mother will want evil for their child. And yet we think somehow that God is like that towards us. That he limits us, that he restricts us. So I want you to know that God wants you to win. Say this with me this afternoon. God wants me to have a healthy relationship. God wants me to be blessed in my relationship with my parents, with my siblings. God wants me. Come on, we're declaring because there's power in speaking. I'm going to teach you this. There's power in declaring things. There's power in speaking things over our life. How many know that words do hurt us, that people say? In the same way, when we speak things, we're speaking life. We're not just agreeing with, with randomness. We're agreeing with truth. So let's declare this. God wants me to have a blessed marriage. God wants me to be blessed with my friends. God wants me to be joyful and victorious. That's healing for some people in this room. Because God is not after you. He's there to bless you. Amen? God is not there to restrict you. God is there to give you a hope and a future. So I want to start off there. So let's go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 3 to 10. So I'm going to read it and then dissect it. Matthew chapter 19, verse 3 to 10. I'll be reading in the NIV. Some Pharisees came to him, that's to Jesus, to test him. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Was the question that they came to ask him. And Jesus said, haven't you read? He replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. And said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they no longer are two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Listen to Jesus' reply. Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. The disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and a wife, it is better not to marry. I think some of us will come to that conclusion when we understand 
the value that God places on marriage, the honor that God puts on marriage, it makes us to clearly see what Hebrews, what God says in Hebrews, that marriage is honorable. Amen? So they heard Jesus' statement, and the disciples said to him, man, if that's the standard, it's better for us not to marry. But I'm not here to talk about marriage. That's later on in this series. I'm here to highlight a point that Jesus made that we need to understand. Now, in this particular uh, incident, you need to understand that at that time, there was two line of thinking, two schools of thought by two different rabbis about marriage and divorce. And, and, and they both get it from Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse number 1. Moses' instruction uh, of to give a, a woman who is unclean, to give a woman who is, uh, who is deemed to be unclean in a marriage, to give her a certificate of divorce. So their interpretation of that, what does that word unclean mean, led them to determine what is acceptable or not. So there was two, two schools of thought. The first one is Rabbi Shammaiah. And his one was, and their thought was, the only grounds that's acceptable by God for divorce is sexual immorality. Every other reason is not accepted by God. The other school of thought was Rabbi Hillel. I'm not, so, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. But with their interpretation, anything that man didn't like in a woman is good enough to divorce her. I mean, as I was reading this commentary that, was, that was, uh, he was writing upon this, I was laughing at some of the reasons that they had. And they gave people permission, these rabbis, to divorce their wives. This is some of the reasons that they gave. If a woman, her voice could be heard the next door's house. I promise you, this is what they taught. If a woman's voice can be heard next door in the, by the next door neighbors, that's a good enough ground to divorce the woman. If the woman disrespectful, was disrespectful to the man's parents, that's a very good reason for him to give her a certificate of divorce and end the marriage. This is this one made me laugh. If the woman spoiled the man's her husband's dinner or burnt the breakfast, it was a good enough reason to have a certificate of divorce. I mean, some of us already failed. <laughs> some of us, I mean, if you you cannot make breakfast right, your husband, can you can you just imagine that? That was one of the, the schools of thought in that particular area. So when they came to Jesus, this was the question that they're posing. Jesus, I need you to interpret this for us. Which one is right? There's this loose interpretation on one end of the spectrum, and there's the other interpretation that is very strict and precise. So Jesus was, in a way, being put in a corner. And, 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 and do you want to laugh a little bit more? This is, this is the school of thought. This is what they believed bad marriages will be like. These rabbis also had many sayings about bad marriages and a bad wife. They said this, a man with a bad wife would never face hell because he has already paid for his sins. <laughs> Another one is this, that a man that is ruled by his wife has a life that is not life. This is the reasoning and the sayings that they believed. So they took Deuteronomy chapter 4 of Moses saying the uncleanness of a woman finding, a man finding uncleanness in, in, in his wife is good enough. They interpreted that to be very loosely understood. So people in the time of Jesus, there was a high honor for marriage, but divorce, divorce was permitted. And, and they said, why did Moses do this? And Jesus highlights something very important. He said, because your hearts were hard. But he said, this is what I want to bring home. He said, but it was not like that from the beginning. When God first created man, when God first created uh, human beings, he created them in a certain way. He said, it was not like that from the beginning. The divorce in other words, divorce was never part of the plan. Amen? Marriage was a part of God's plan, but divorce was never a part of the plan. It was never like that in the beginning. He said, Moses granted that or permitted that because your hearts were hard and you were not willing to submit to God's way. 
So in order to properly understand the naked truth about relationships, we must, it's not an option, we must go back to the beginning and understand the very first few chapters of the book. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, begins like this. When you open your Bible to the very first chapter of Genesis, Genesis means the beginning, new beginning. When you start there, it says, in the beginning, God. Can you say that with me? In the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning. That means before we came into the picture, God was already there. That's why we need to know that his idea is correctly interpreted, 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 did I say it right? Interpreted, I tried. Interpreted through the creator. So in the beginning, God. It all starts with God. Before we humans came into the picture, God was already there. And to correctly understand relationships and how we can win, we cannot detach it from God. We must go back to God. Today, I want to talk to you about being restored vertically before we can ever restore the horizontal relationships in our life. I saw one picture once, the word love, L. And he had an arrow on the top, an arrow on the horizontal line. That's what it is. Love is always vertical and horizontal. The greatest commandment is vertical and horizontal. So if we do not go back to the creator God and restore that, this will never be restored. Forget about having healthy marriage. Forget about having healthy families. Forget about having healthy families and and marriages and, and friends. We must first begin there. We can't skip over that step. We must first begin there. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. Are you guys having a good time? Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. And the Bible says, verse 28, God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. You have to understand that this happened on the sixth day. That prior to this, God created everything else. He created the moon, the stars, the world, the plants, the vegetation, everything. And then once he finished it, he then created mankind. He he left the best to last. He wanted to, to, to have uh, 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 he wanted to have a reflection of who he is on the earth. So he set up everything for man to have dominion and rule over. Firstly, I want to mention a couple of things here. Firstly, we need to understand that, that irrespective of your biology teacher, you are not evolved creatures. You did not come from mutations and, 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 and one form coming to one form to be one form and then all of a sudden you are the complex human creature that you are. You are not evolved, you are created. I want to give you this. I was, I was in Footscray one day. I don't know if I gave you this illustration before and I was evangelizing and, uh, and telling people about Jesus and I was at the station area and I met this young man and, 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 and I just approached him and said, hey bro, I mean, I'm just in the area telling people about the love of Jesus. Have you heard about the gospel before? He said, yeah, I grew up in a, in a Christian school, but I'm atheist. I said, oh, do you have a couple of minutes to talk about that? And, and then as I was talking to him, he told me how he's atheist, God is not real, doesn't exist. All of a sudden, I didn't plan it, I didn't prepare it. This idea, this illustration came to me. I ripped out my phone and I said to him, bro, can I just give you one illustration? He said, yeah, go for it. I said, I took out my phone, I gave it to his hand. I said to him, do you, do you, would you agree with me that this phone is pretty complex and, and that it's an intelligent piece of machine and that you can do so much with it in our day, this, this, that? He said, yeah, of course. I said, let me give you this. Let's just say one day that you're walking in the Amazon bush, in the Amazon jungle, 
And then as you're walking, you randomly discover this piece of device. And I said to him, you discover it, you pick it up, you open it, you see it. By, back then it was the iPhone 7, not the iPhone X. Anyways, you see it and, and you press the button and, 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 you, and you look at it. And, you, and then someone comes along and says to you, do you know how that machine got in the jungle? And he said, how? Firstly, do you know what it is? Like, no, I've never seen it before. Do you know how it got there? How? Over millions of years, all of the, the parts in the phone they evolved and then they got together and then the, the hard drive got together, it connected and this, this, this and now it's this intelligent piece of machine. It just evolved and came. He just laughed hysterically. I said, it's pretty funny, isn't it? He said, yeah, I mean, of course, that's ridiculous. I said to him, but you believe in a greater lie. More complex than this machine is your body. Can you stand with me, Jay? I said, I looked at him like this in the eye. I said, do you know more complex than this is this piece of machine? Scientists can still not fully comprehend the DNA. They still cannot comprehend the mind, the brain, and how it works. And, and more than this device, this device doesn't come close to this piece of machine. And yet, you tell me that you believe the lie that you've evolved over time. And he said, bro, I have never thought of it like that. I have never seen it before. But, but see how we believe the lie? We go in our biology, you say, yes, miss, and to pass the exam, we say the right things, but, but, but you are not evolved creatures. The Bible says that in the beginning, who? Come on, in the beginning, who? God. God made us to be the creatures that we are. Amen? Thank you, Jacob. We are not evolved. We did not come from randomness. We have a creator God that made us and created us. The maker of our bodies knows how we function best. I don't know how I can, I wish I could make you understand this. The maker of your body knows you more than you know you. He knows how you function best. He, know, he knows what's healthy for us and what's not healthy for us. He knows what we're not created to do and what, what, what we're created to do. He knows us best more than ourselves. Second thing I want us to see here is the value of mankind. We know that in Genesis chapter 2, it explains how God created man. It's, not another, it's just a, another detailed version of chapter 1 verse 26 to 28. How he created man. He took time on man. The others he spoke into being, but he placed value on man. He, 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 he has tremendous value on us, so much so that he created us unlike any other creature. We are able to communicate not only that, but we are reflectors of the glory of God. You are not cheap. You are a reflector of your creator. You are not cheap, irrespective of what that guy that you used to date said to you, irrespective of what that girl that you used to date said to you, you are not cheap. Ladies, you are not a machine, you are not meat. You are a reflector of your heavenly Father, and He made us to reflect Him. We are like mirrors, mirrors. When, when, when we see us and other people, we see our Creator. How wonderful is your creation. When I see even the moons and the stars declare the glory of God. But the human, the human, when, when, when the psalmist says how wonderfully that I am made and I'm created, God made us and he placed value on us. When we understand this, you, are, you will not only value yourself, you will value your fellow image bearer. If we truly understood the value that God has placed in us, we, does, we don't need another human being to give us value. We're not, we're not waiting on, on, the, on the line on the other phone for that guy to say how much beautiful we are or how much needed we are or how much, how much he, he, he needs us or how much that, that girl wants us in her life or this. No, we don't need to be valued. I mean, we're not valued because someone says that we're valuable, but we're valued because that's how we're created. Your value is not found in what another person says or does to you. Your value is found in knowing the fact of who you are. A good way you can understand this, I was in there, just illustration came to me, I quickly put it down, is an elephant. 
Have you seen the elephants in the circus? Have you seen how, how a human, first I, I was going to use the rat and elephant illustration. I quickly Googled it, but that's not true. Apparently, it's just in a cartoon. <laughs> it's not proven. You know how they say elephants are scared of rats? It's just in a cartoon. I was going to use it. I'm like, thank God I Googled it. <laughs> but I, but I, then I went to the human illustration. Let, 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 me, let me help you to understand this. In a circus, an elephant is scared of a little skinny human being with a stick. And when the human being hits the elephant, the elephant does what it's commanded to do. But the only way that that human can control such a giant piece of creature is if it groomed it from a young age. If that same elephant whisperer goes into the jungle and tries to control a wild elephant that knows who they are, <laughs> good luck. But in the circus, they have to groom it from an early age, beat it, teach it, and this elephant is normally isolated to make it think that the human is stronger than the elephant. But if the elephant knew who they are, one swipe of their trunk can flip that person all the way to another country. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say here? But it's because the elephant doesn't know who they are that they are dominated by this particular human being. It's not that they're not stronger than the human, but it's that they don't know who they are. And a lot of times, it's because we don't know who we are that we give less value on ourselves. that we, we cheaply give parts of ourselves to other people. But when you know who you are and the value that is placed in you, there's nothing that you need to make you feel worthy. Third, that what we can see here is the heart of our creator. He created us to rule, to subdue, to have dominion. In other words, to win in life. So when we go back to the beginning, as Jesus said, we have to go back to the beginning to understand marriage and divorce. We need to go back to the beginning to understand relationships. The heart of the Father is to give you a hope, to give you a future, so that you may win in life, not lose. Amen? He wants us. Jesus said this, I came to give you life. And the life that I came to give you is the God kind of life, the abundant life. God is not against us. He is for us. And we can see this in the, in the instruction for man to rule, to subdue, to have dominion. He didn't create us to be defeated, but to be victorious. And then God said, we can also see this, that God said, be fruitful. How does one become fruitful? I'm throwing the question to you. When he said to man and woman, be fruitful and fill the earth, how does one become fruitful? Jacob, can you answer this difficult question? How? He said, look, look, did you notice that? He said, easy. I'm like, say it. He hesitated. S-C-X, that word sex. Listen to me. Listen to me. In the church, it's not talked about. It's seen as dirty. It's seen as filthy. It has so much distortion. But at the end of this series, you're going to say, sex, baby. You're going to be, you're going to, once you know the intention of sex, why God created sex, there's no fear in speaking about it. You'll have a healthy understanding of sex. You'll know the origin of sex and where sex was permitted. And you will know that God created sex. Sex is not dirty. Sin is not here yet. This is before sin. And God created them to be fruitful. In other words, have sex, enjoy it. Sex is enjoyable. Sex is a gift of God. But you see, when we don't know who we are, and we don't know the original intention of it, we have the distorted version of it. Amen? So we're going to have a clear view what is sex, and you're going to be more bold to speak about it. This will set some of you free. Sex is not man's idea. It's God's idea. Amen? God's idea. It's not something that one day, woke up, whoa. I don't know why I'm having these feelings towards this person. And then just all of a sudden, it, is, it didn't happen like that. God created our bodies. We're sexual beings. We're sexual beings. 
What, if, I, if you were me here and you see your faces, you will laugh. <laughs> Am I allowed to look up? Am I allowed to? Sex is a gift. And we need to talk about it more in the church. Because the enemy, he's, he's isolating us and lying to us. And, and do what we're doing? We're doing what Adam and Eve did. We're, bi- we're biting into his lies. We're biting into his lies. His lies about our friends, his lies about our relationships, about dating, about marriage. But God is going to set us free in this series. Amen? Genesis chapter 2, verse 20 to 25. Quickly. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. I mean, that was a tough job. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Sorry, my mind just wanders off. He's, he's looking at the elephant. Are you suitable for me? <laughs> I mean, because woman is not created yet. He has no concept of woman. And he's trying to find, I mean, why are they all coming in twos? But, but he's, like, he's trying to figure it out. And he's naming them. But he couldn't find a suitable helper. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs. Man. He didn't take from under his feet. He didn't, take, he didn't take from his skull. He took from his side. That's how he created and designed marriage. It's, it's a us thing. It's, it's a together thing. It's not that I rule over you thing. Amen? So he took from his rib. And then he closed the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. This is, you need to pay attention when you're reading the scripture. He brought her to the man. He didn't force Adam. Marriage is never a force. Marriage is never something that you're, you're, you're obliged to do. He presented this one. It's like he's saying, all right, you didn't find a mate in the lion, in the elephant, in the rat, in all those things. How about this? And when he saw her, the man said, this now is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of a man. So he didn't get forced to accept Eve. He wanted to accept the offer that God had made. And then he says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. I'm going to help you to understand this also in this series. I mean, are you and I are two people. Emmanuel would does say two people. What does it mean to be one flesh? We're going to explore that. And I want you to notice something else here. Adam and Eve had no prior parents. So this is a, a prophecy that God is declaring upon mankind. The only parent that they knew was the Heavenly Father. Imagine this wedding, how awesome it would have been, how glorious. There's no other human being, so there's the lions. It's like, the, you know, the, the king, lion king. You know, when they present the thing and the whole animal kingdom is there. That's how I pr- picture it. Because there's no other human beings. And, and the person doing the, the, what do you call it? Yeah? The ceremony is God. Isn't that awesome? Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. That's the healthy mindset that I want us to have. That we have a naked attitude when it comes to relationship that we have no shame because we understand the true intention and creation for relationship. Marriage is the idea of God and not man. This is why we have to go back to God. And the reason why marriage is so important, and the enemy is, by the way, attacking marriage. How many know that? Attacking marriage in our society. Because, it's, because he's always been fighting against everything that was God's, everything that was created by him. So marriage is not man's idea, it is God's idea. We were created to be relational beings from the beginning. And marriage is the institution that God created to reflect his relationship with us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this clearly through scripture. That the Bible is a narrative. It's not just a bunch of rules. It's a story. From the beginning, it started off in a marriage. And then in the middle, we see that Christ marries again. And, and you know when he died for the church to make sure that he died? Where did they piece him? That's when the church was birthed, the wife of Christ. The bride of Christ is us. 
So there's this picture and analogy of marriage, the Israelites and God. Always God, how they prostituted themselves and worshipped other God. It's all over scripture. And do you know what? It ends in marriage. Because when Jesus comes, he comes to take up his bride in glory. Amen? So marriage is the idea and the heart of God. It is a beautiful thing. And we need to protect it. We need to fight for it. We need to embrace it. Amen? says this, Romans chapter 1. Sorry, they were both naked and unashamed until sin distorted man's relationship with God and each other. Fascinating. They were in perfect oneness. They loved one another. When sin came, it distorted the vertical. It distorted the horizontal. And we're going to learn about that in the coming weeks. But I want to go quickly to Romans 1, verse 25 to 26. I'm going to be finishing soon. You have to read this. Romans chapter 1, Paul said this, They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to the shameful lust. Even the woman exchanged natural relations to unnatural ones. And when you keep reading, it says the men exchanged natural relationships to unnatural ones. It is our rejecter of God and his truth that brings distortion to our understanding of relationships. So what, what Paul is saying here, we, we mess up in a lot of things in our life when we reject God and his word. We have a distorted view on relationships. I mean, I, I just, some of the things. I saw last time on Facebook, a woman was marrying a tree. Have you seen it? Literally, she was intimate with the tree. She, she's, 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 she had an, an, a, a, a ring, a full proposal with her friends and stuff and marrying a tree. There's people that have sex with animals in our world right now, even back then. You see, what happens is when you take God and the original intention out, it becomes distorted and then anything goes. Why is there so much brokenness in relationships in our world? Because we have forsaken our, our creator. Anything goes. The original intention of man is lost. The creator of the phone, listen to me carefully, not this phone, just phone in general. The creator of the phone, he created a communication device. But people, there is terrorists today that use the same phone that was designed for communication purposes to set off bombs. The creator of the t-shirt created it to be worn, to cover man's body or woman's body. But today, you can use a t-shirt to strangle someone to death. So if we do not have the right view of relationship and why God created it, we'll have a distorted view of it and anything goes. So it's not that God meant relationships to be bad and broken. We messed up. We distorted it. Why? We rejected him and we rejected his truth. So when people reject God, they become God for themselves, little g, and do what they want. God designed us in a certain way, and we need to know how that is. Amen? Can I have the person who's playing keyboard up? Because I need to finish up, but we're going to go slowly in this series. But the next few minutes, I want you to hear me out. Before we talk about relationships horizontally, we need to understand that we need to go back to God. We need to be restored back to Him. There is no way that we will win in relationships if we do not have peace with God. Amen? Romans 5.8 says this. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hillsong brought a new album out, and Ayu was helping me to, I mean, she told me about their songs, beautiful songs. Whole Heart, I think, was one of them. And what's the other one? Grace. Huh? Glorious. Good Grace. Good Grace, in that song, there's a, there's, a, there's a lyric in there where they say, God is madly in love with us. 
And I just got caught up in that, in that thought alone. Church, do you know that God is madly in love with you? The Bible says this, greater love is no, there is no greater love than a man to lay his life down for another person or for his friend. And Jesus laid his life down for us. And you might be sitting down here and you might say, yo, yo, I will gladly take my life for my loved one. That doesn't mean anything. Anyone can do that. What makes what Christ did special and unique? I, I guarantee you without any shadow of doubt, if this man was put in a situation, would he, that he had to choose between his life and your life, he would gladly surrender. We, we, we read about love stories, Romeo and Juliet and, and all these things. And, and love is a powerful force. I mean, I'm not going to think twice. If someone is hijacking my daughter, I will gladly exchange my life for hers so that she can be free. Human beings can do that. Do you know how we know God's love is radical? It's because of this verse that I just read to you. He didn't love someone that already loves him or someone that deserved it or anything while we were yet sinners. That's when we spat on him. That's the same. He died for the same soldier that, that put the spear on his side. He died for those that, that, that whipped him, those who rejected him, those who, who, who did not acknowledge his existence. It was while we were in that state that Christ died. And that shows me of a love that no human being can match. Because I know that you will die for your loved one, but let me see you die for the person that killed your mom or dad. I don't think any of us are capable of that. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because he wants us to reconcile with him, to reconcile with God. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, let's go back to God. Don't reject him. Go back to him. If you want to win in your horizontal relationships, we must first be reconciled vertically. We must first, first have a healthy relationship with our Creator. Because it is when we go back to Him that we clearly see, this is why I was made. Oh, this is the purpose of dating. This is the purpose of friends. This is the purpose of marriage. This is the purpose of my family. This is the purpose of, of my parents. And then we begin to understand our bodies, how we work, how we function. There's no shame in it. There's nakedness. There's no shame in it. There's freedom. And that is the heart of God to set us free. I want you to know today that God is madly in love with you. He's not out to ruin you, but to bless you. Close your eyes and I'm going to pray for you. I've got like many things that we're going to explore. I'm going to share with you with transparency from my story, other stories, and you're going to learn how to win in relationships. But friend, this is where we begin. We have to go back to the beginning. To understand relationship, we have to go back to the beginning. And today I took you back to the beginning. In this short limited time that I have, every point that I made, you can study it even deeper. But if you go to your car after this service and you open the, the glove box, you'll find a book in there. And it's the manual for that car. And the inventor of that car, the one that designed that car, that knows how it works and functions best. He put chapters in there for every part of the car. For the engine, when the engine fails. For the tires, the pressure that you put. For the radio system, how it works. And it's a thick book. And the more complex a piece of machine or, or whatever thing that we have in our life is, 
The instruction book is more longer. Church, I want you to know that our inventor, our creator, he gave us a book of instruction. He gave us his word, his truth. To lead us, to guide us, to show us how to fix, how to mend our broken relationships, how to win in relationships, how to keep our lives functioning to the optimal way it was created to function. And I want you to know, church, that we need to go back to God, back to our creator. When we go back to him, we clearly see. And today I want you, those that are watching online, those that are present in this room, I want you to go back to him. If you're in this room and you're, you're having distorted relationships around you, ask the Lord to help you to start with Him, to go back to Him, to understand clearly, to be restored in our broken relationship. When Adam and Eve sinned, our relationship with God was distorted. And in Christ, it's restored. He loves us so much that even when we didn't want Him, he willingly laid his life down for us. All to give us life in abundance. A life free from sin. Free from accusation. Free from the enemy's dominion and control. Free from the distorted view of relationship. Free from all of that. And then to clearly see his intended purpose for relationship. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what we learned today. Help us to go back to the beginning. To, to, to begin to sort our lives in this series. To throw away the areas that we need to throw away. To deal with the areas that we need to deal. To be free in the areas that we need to be free. Because you want us to win in relationships. I come against the lie of the serpent. The lies that we've bitten into. The lies that, that makes, makes us think. That you want us to fail in relationships. That you're the one that caused brokenness in our relationships. The blaming that we put on you, Lord. That you will help us to clearly see. My prayer, Lord God, is that this week we'll seek your face. As we enter into this series. That we'll come back to you. If we need to repent, let us repent to you. If we need to get right with you, let us get right with you. I pray for those that are watching online. That we would repent and get right to, with you, Lord God. That we would know our identity and who we are. Our security that is in you. That you would open our eyes that we may clearly see. I pray for your blessing upon us. I pray for your victory upon us. Lord, lead us in this series. Lead us into the path of freedom. I ask you this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Awesome.